Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Podcast, the only show focused on Office 365 development, where Andrew and I talk to experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Okay, well, welcome to episode 129 of the Office 365 Developer Podcast. This is a special podcast. We're going to start kind of a a series on some of the great announcements of Build, but we're also face-to-face here in sunny Seattle. How's it going, Coatsy? Hey, Rich. It's great to be here. Look, and and, uh, it has been moderately sunny from time to time here. I'm very surprised, but pleasantly surprised at that. It's a little chilly. This time of year, it starts to warm up here, starts to feel like spring, but I think we're going to get some today. So anyway, it is, I don't know what the actual date is, but it's Wednesday, the week after Build. So one week ago today was the, the big Build conference we have a, a whole bunch of shows that we're going to be uh, publishing. Last week was a blackout period. They didn't want any podcast on Office Blogs uh, actually published. So this will be our first show that kind of talks about uh, all the great things. We have a great engineering panel on the show today. Uh, but, you know, we're all, we're all in town hacking. We have a, a special guest here today that is pretty well-known in the SharePoint space for sure, um, Elaine Van Bergen. Hey, Good morning, afternoon, or night, depending on where you are. Yeah, well, why don't you give us, for, for our listeners that don't know you, a little bit of your background and um, why in the world you got caught up here with me and Coatsy. Yeah, so my background is I was a SharePoint uh, MVP and an MCM for many, many years, and I've just recently joined uh, DX in Microsoft Australia, so having great fun being a blue badge. And your your accent, that's German, is it right? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you said Australian there. So I, I'm telling you, if you're a U.S. listener, like, I, I think the Australians are taking over our country. Like, I've, I, I, I was at a baseball game last night, and I was around, like, five or six of them. We need to watch out. Keep your eyes open. We heard you shouting out, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. It's, it's happening. You lie. You <laughs> did not do that. So that's, cool. all, that's I all. just just want to, but while we're here, like I don't actually know very many MCMs. It was one of those wildly, uh, crazily difficult certifications to get, and you've got to be extra smart. So, so Elaine is one. Greg Lowe, who is one of my one of our regional directors in Australia, is another. He got his MCM in um, uh, in uh, in SQL Server. Uh, and a couple of others. My brother got his MCM in, in Active Directory. Oh, wow. Uh, but it's, it's like, they, were you over here for like weeks and weeks doing the courses and then doing the... We were locked in a building for many weeks. Yeah, it was... Eight-hour lab exam and... Yeah, an eight-hour exam. Like, <laughs> here's a broken system, fix it. There's the, yeah. the sort of thing they were doing. It was, I thought it was a really, a really cool certification. It was a shame that, uh, that, that it had to, had to end. Yeah, I think... I think when we had Kirk Evans on the show, we talked about MCM a little bit, and like I, I don't want to, you know, because I'm I give love across the whole Microsoft spectrum, but like from an MCM perspective, I gotta like I, I gotta think that the SharePoint one had to be one of the more complex MCMs to acquire because you not only I mean first of all SharePoint, let's, I mean let's just go there, it is so broad in terms of like what's under the covers and what you can do with it. I mean, they're just, you have to understand everything from like the deep infrastructure sites. You almost have to be like a windows server expert, right? Um, all the way up to be a SQL server expert to being, you know, uh, uh, the SharePoint expert, which is, you know, so broad and it does so many, you know, unique things. So, um, yeah, like, like every time I hear of a, 
a SharePoint MCM, I'm blown away. I know, I know to you. Yeah. super smart people that, you know, took it multiple, multiple, multiple times and, you know, took them, you know, forever to, to pass. So, uh, not me, not, I'm <laughs> never, never even attempted. So anyway. Yeah. So well done. Thank you. Very, very cool. Uh, so as, as I said, she's, she's joined the, the DX team in Australia um, as, a, as a technical evangelist. But, uh, you know, it, it's great to have this this burgeoning team of, of, of smart people joining and really rejuvenating the, the, the DX team in Australia. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's cool to uh, not only that, but to have you here this week, get to all we're kind of holed up in a some kind of warehouse bar place up in southern Seattle and just coding it's hacking on things it's good fun yeah yeah, yeah it's an internal an internal project or an internal set of projects like it must be what 30 or 40 projects going on maybe more yeah Elaine's on my, my team work. yeah I still can't believe this is part of my actual job it's amazing it's cool that's good fun that's true yeah it's 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 you know it's a, a different Microsoft they put you know Satya I forget the exact quote but a few years ago he's like if, if you don't know how to develop and you're in a technical role at Microsoft you may not you might want to rethink like, what you're doing because yeah. he wants people to you know really understand our platforms and how to how to build on it so very cool anyway it, it um in terms of like weekly updates you know it's been two weeks since we did the last show because of the blackout last week uh, and there are not I mean there's a ton of stuff from the community but because of the fact we've actually not just build but there was also this week actually just yesterday was the SharePoint virtual summit uh, where there was a whole bunch of SharePoint things discussed. Um, it's kind of too much for us just to go through. So we'll have in the show notes on blogs.office.com, uh, we'll have a link to like all of the general announcements. But, you know, what I thought we'd do is maybe just talk a little bit about like, you know, your highlights, what everyone's highlights were for build. Um, you know, it could be SharePoint Summit as well. Um, you know, from a developer standpoint, I will say that the the, Share, the SharePoint Virtual Summit had like three minutes where they talked about <laughs> extensibility. I think that's because most of they they kind of played most of their cards during build. Right. So uh, we had Vesser and Dan and those guys talk at build about a bunch of different things, and they and, and uh, you know that, that that's fantastic. Yeah. So I guess I don't know, Elaine. Was there a, a highlight from last week for you? Uh, I am. Um, I, I love the the graph stuff from you. Now I think that was that was brilliant. I know you were behind the scenes for some of those uh, those demos, but. Yeah, all, all the new Microsoft Graph stuff, the, the old pieces going generally available and all the new pieces coming along are, are big news, I think. Are there any specific endpoints that like you think are particularly interesting? Ooh, t- tricky question. Um, I'm interested to see where they go with the, the groups and the teams piece. Um, I think there's still a, a bit more that, that will hopefully get added there over the, the coming months and, months and years. But um, yeah, it's good to see some support for that. Been doing a lot of work actually on, on Microsoft Teams at the moment. So it's getting so popular, it's nice to be able to automate some of the bits and pieces. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I was a part of one of the keynote demos that was used that used Microsoft Teams, and uh, up until the middle of the week before, we'd have to go in because we'd run through these demos like thousands of times, and we'd have to go in and manually create activity. So it looked like it was a really used team, even though we're just churning through the same demo over and over. And uh, you know, finally, we got uh, it was in 
like a, a staging endpoint of the Microsoft <laughs> Graph. They gave us access to start like pumping data in. And I, I, I need to go give it another look. At the time, and this was just a few days before it went into the beta endpoint, um, I know one thing's for sure. You can only create threads. So that might be kind of yeah. what you're alluding to in terms of wanting, you know, kind of wanting more there is you can't reply to a thread through the graph yet. You can start a whole new thread. Um, and there was also a weird bug where, you know, every team starts off with a general channel. Mm -hmm. uh, there was something weird where you, you could only, you, well, I think it was like, there was sporadic issues of, of actually posting a thread to the general channel. That's such a weird kind of quirky bug, but um, I'm hoping that one's resolved uh, just because there's a ton of teams that I'm a member of where it only has a general channel. They haven't kind of built out that whole channel taxonomy. Right. But um, yeah. Yeah. And from what I saw um, while it's piggybacking off a lot of the group, the group's automation, it, there's not full automation at the, the team level yet. So that, yeah. that's kind of coming through later. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's just great to have some of that capability we've been wanting for a while. I loved how pervasive Graph was through the entire conference. So you look at the day one keynote, there's a whole bunch of Graph stuff from you know. But you look at the day two keynote, and they're talking about Microsoft Graph as well with Project Rome. And I didn't know much about Project Rome at all until until the day two stuff. And so the, the idea of being able to have uh, devices uh, as part of the of the Microsoft Graph and users like Windows users as part of the Microsoft Graph, or even, not even just Windows users any user as part of Microsoft Graph and have that, that linkage, the ability for things to be able to follow you around because the graph now knows about your devices as well as about you. That's very, very neat stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it was, I'm going to steal a soundbite because <laughs> it's in this show, but Tristan was talking about how they, it was almost like a drinking game. Like anytime Microsoft Graph was mentioned, you got to <laughs> take a drink. You know, it, 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 it certainly got the love that, you know, I think a lot of us, have felt like it should have gotten for a while, but you know, maturing into the Windows side of the house with Rome is is pretty pretty awesome. So I'm I'm really curious to see what sort of scenarios come up there. I love like things like, you know, copying something from one device and being right. able to paste from yeah. another. A clipboard that works across not just devices but platforms. Right, right, yeah. yeah. So you know, scenarios like that's pretty amazing. And like you think about like. You know, even without activities, right? Because I, I, I don't know. I think they're using some of the activities for that. But even without that, things like, like some of the schema extension stuff could make all that possible just with the fact that, like, we're now keeping track of devices. So when you're on a device, it can be kind of graph aware. Um, yeah, pretty awesome. Pretty. I'd, I'd imagine some of that's potentially used for the new OneDrive capability as well, um, being able to kind of keep certain files on particular devices and access files that aren't even downloaded to, to your device and see them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, it's a good point. Like the, we're not going to have time to talk about all the cool things, but like all the new OneDrive sync stuff was, was pretty, pretty awesome as well. Um, well, since you took my answer, thanks. <laughs> I was, I was going to say graph as well. Just the pervasiveness of it at, at build, I guess my second favorite one uh, I'll maybe go on something you started is I, I've also been doing a ton of stuff with teams and um, I think the compose extensions are pretty awesome. Uh, I actually, uh, I caught home from build and immediately went to San Antonio for a SharePoint Saturday there. And I did my presentation on, on, uh, on teams extensibility and uh, compose extensions like were announced that week. And the idea behind it is if you look at like teams, the, the compose box for a, inside of a channel, you know, we support like rich text 
And then there's other things. There's like emotion, emoticons and Giphy. Those are all like extensions for ex- uh, composing a message. Um, we're allowing developers and ISVs now to build their own extensions for composing. Um, and it can call into your services, pull out your data. And there's, uh, there's some really cool scenarios for this. So I actually, uh, that's the first thing I did when I got home is I, start, I went and built a Compose extension right. and looked at, and it's really just an extension of your bot. So uh, if you're going to build a Compose extension, you pretty much need a bot or at least a bot endpoint. It doesn't have to necessarily function all the other way, other ways a bot does, but it uses the same bot endpoint, and you just listen for uh, a, an invoke, and and when you get that invoke, you can then respond, and um, it's it's pretty amazing. I I, uh, I was impressed with how quick it came together with an existing bot, uh, and the value that it provides. Uh, so, like an example. Um, this week, I, I, I talked a little bit, me and um, Elaine are working on this idea of trying to really pull together a really comprehensive view of, of a user's experience. Uh, we're doing all these crazy things like trying to look at their calendar and mail and GitHub repos to really put together a really good picture of like what, where their expertise lie. And as a Compose extension, if someone were to just maybe ask a question like, you know, who knows something about uh, the Microsoft Graph? You could, in a Compose extension, type in Microsoft Graph. It could go search your system for expertise people, and you could paste in this rich card of that user uh, with like hit highlights of you know where their their expertise lays. So there's all kinds of cool ways you can use it. It's kind of a smaller niche thing that was announced, but um, I think it's pretty awesome. Very anyway. cool indeed. Yeah, so for me, build was uh, I, I had a great time, and I spent a lot of my time in the in the podcasting booth. Uh, I mean, talking to talking to the engineers. It just seemed to me this this having a, a point in time that everyone's aiming towards just brings out this this flurry of uh, of activity, and and uh, you know, so that the the guys on the on the the Word and Excel uh, extensions, to, uh, the, the add-ins teams, um, Tristan and all and all and all of his his mob, the the the, the Outlook team. Just talking about some of the, the neat stuff that they're up to at the moment, um, uh, and particularly around uh, all the all the feedback they're getting around things like uh, like send uh, and, and the, the 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 send method, um, which we've talked a bit about on the show, and and, and we'll we'll play that we'll play that, uh, that audio uh, at another at another time when we, we have Andrew and, and the the guys on that. Um, chatting to Dan and Vesa about uh, the things that are happening in SharePoint. Um, the the stuff even even the simple stuff like uh, the progression of, of SharePoint you know, the, the 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 sites piece going GA and graph and then the lists and, and list items going to into beta those just just that the the concentration of new stuff uh, and, and the and the the buzz and the excitement around around build I think for me was was the big thing was wandering around the showcase floor you have to pick a feature. <laughs> Nice answer, but you have nice to pick answer. a feature. I have to pick a feature. Well, I'm, you guys have talked about uh, two, of the, two of the really big ones. This is the problem with going third, right? <laughs> but but the, the, I think, to me, the, the, the capabilities... The, okay, the, the big one for me then is, and we've talked a little bit about this before, is that, that uh, Teams and Planner have used Graph as their only endpoint. And it really shows this, this movement from, hey, we've got a product set of product-specific endpoints, and now... Teams, uh, sorry, uh, Graph is the the thing we're going to use. There, there aren't there aren't going to be in, uh, alternative endpoints in Teams or Planner. 
Justin Graff, and it, it the 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 coverage across all of those all of the all of the product is great, but the idea now that we're only using that, and and, and the whole company is getting behind it is a, is a huge one for me. Did that seem like a graph answer? I think you already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how about third times a charm? Oh, here we go. All right. How All about right. like add in single sign-on? That's pretty big, right? Yeah, that was huge too. So the the idea that um, uh, that that we're our add-ins. Well, we've always known who's who's been logged into to Word or Excel because it says so at the top right-hand corner. But we've never been able to use that idea. And then we able to use that identity to go and talk to the graph, for example. So now we've also enabled the capability of tra- of, of taking that identity, going and swapping it for a for a, a token, a single a, a token to the graph, and being able to go and access that those capabilities. So that's that's another. It's going to be another enormous enormous piece. How's that? I do like that. Thank you, Rich. Very good. Much better. <laughs> the so, thing about the thing about build is there are so many things that choosing one is like having a favorite child. Yeah. You can't have a favorite child. You can have a favorite child because you've only got one. That's true. <laughs> she is my favorite. <laughs> so, you know, uh, super, lots of excitement about Build. We did get a lot of podcasts recorded that week. And I, I, I'll admit I ducked out early. I've been living up here in Seattle, it feels like. And after the keynote stuff was over, I did a few podcasts with Coatsy. And then he was kind of rain solo for uh, a few of them on day two. So... Well, we'll have all that, and we'll we'll kind of list out what we're gonna have coming uh, down the pipe. The other kind of big thing outside of build was the you know big SharePoint summit this week. So we could talk a little bit maybe about uh, what was new. You know, from an extensibility standpoint, a lot of it was discussed um, at build. I'll tell you one of the things that I thought was pretty neat. Uh, I'll I'll this is probably something that should be a Richard inside voice thing. I probably shouldn't say this too much, but I, I don't find myself going to SharePoint portals that much anymore. I just like my, my work style. I don't, you know, even though Microsoft at one point had like this award winning internet, it's not really where I get my information uh, so much anymore. Um, so like as the SharePoint team is released, like all this, you know, great things like the SharePoint framework and modern pages, like that really doesn't, resonated so much with me. I mean, I think it's cool things in some organizations it's perfect for, uh, but it hasn't been all that big for me. But one of the things they did announce yesterday, uh, I, I didn't pick up where this was announced because I didn't, I, I'll, I haven't had a chance to watch the entire SharePoint Summit recording, but I did watch um, probably about half of it, including the extensibility parts, is modern pages are now going to work in Teams. So you're going to be able to have modern pages as a tab inside of Teams and nice. use your web parts there. And that does resonate very well with me. Um, and so I thought that was a, a pretty neat thing. Uh, something that I think was a good obvious fit, but it was just a matter of can we get all these different groups really working together nicely? And it feels like it has happened. So. Yeah, I just love the whole vibe. Like last year when they laid out the vision on May the 4th, they said these are all the things we're going to do in 12 months. And they, they all actually got, got done and deli- were delivered. And then they talked about the huge amount of adoption they've had on the platform in that time as well. Um, and then starting to lay out that vision for, for the next 12 months is really exciting. I, I've even seen tweets coming out from, from product team folks saying, right, build, build and uh, virtual summit's finished, now we're planning for Ignite. And the next round of announcements, which just blows me away, the, the speed that this stuff is being updated is amazing. 
It is. You know, uh, we, I was chatting with Chris Johnson uh, yesterday a little bit and, and how, how much things have changed in kind of this evergreen world that, that you know, in the past we did like these big bangs. We'd work for three years and then like that SharePoint conference after three years, like it would be three hours long of just like tons and tons and tons of SharePoint stuff. Um, and, you know, if you looked at the summit yesterday, there was, you know, a part of it was around kind of the new announcements. And there was also kind of some, there was like a, some partner uh, videos and, and Q&A type things. Um, but just like, it, it is very interesting to see kind of that shift from doing a big bang and we're just going to spray you with a fire hose and, and hope you can kind of take all that in and, you know, 300 some odd sessions in a SharePoint conference to, you know, being able to take these in bites and delivering them a lot quicker and being able to get those um, available faster. So good stuff. Yeah, it really, I think you're right. It's moved, the, thing, the thing that's we've moved to is the new stuff is the announcements, not the actual implementation of it. Because we're, with the Evergreen and, and the preview features, this stuff's coming out all the time and people are seeing it and playing with it. And, and it's very rare that, that we actually, well, it's almost never we release something to GA without having talked about it in the past, without people knowing about it. So everyone kind of has known it and seen it and thought about it by the time it actually gets out there. So the new things are what we're going to do next, not what we've already done. And, you know, SharePoint's one of those platforms that still, probably more than anything at Microsoft, has a pretty big presence of on-premises deployments. Um, I can't really think of other things, you know, like Teams doesn't even have an on-premises story. Uh, Mail is such an easy commodity thing to move to the cloud. SharePoint's the one that, like, we still have a a pretty big presence of. And it's cool to see us us, uh, really making a a big effort to... um, innovate uh, in an evergreen kind of world, but still try to bring those innovations to on-premises. So things like, you know, they finally announced, they put a, I guess, a line in the sand of when things like the SharePoint framework will be slipstreamed into uh, your on-premises deployments. I think it's what, Feature Pack 2? Yeah, Feature Pack 2 for SharePoint 2016. Uh, So it's it's good stuff all around. Professor and Dan talked a lot about this on the the show I did with them. Uh, and we'll we'll play that in the next few weeks. But that was something they really wanted to emphasize is how these developer features were being rolled out across the entire spectrum of SharePoint. In this show today, we have uh, a panel of kind of experts from all around different areas of office extensibility. So well, let's run the show. All right. Well, welcome to episode 129, live from Build. Andrew. Rich, it's awesome to be here. I love being like I love being in the same room as you. It's I know. Never happened before, not quite never, but it's almost never happened before. And now we're sleeping together. Well, let's 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 clarify that a little bit in the same same room. I've been digging this hole in my backyard because they say like eventually you'll end up in Australia. <laughs> I'm gonna come visit you one of these days, but yeah, maybe I'll maybe the graph will get me to to Australia automatically. Oh, I heard a rumor that you're gonna be down in July in June. I will. I'll be in Australia. Hopefully, I will be. But it'll get really hot along the way. That's right. That's right. Well, in case our listeners didn't pick up on it, we've had a few other voices pop in there. Uh, we thought for like our first show, we're going to do a lot of shows centered around build, but I thought for the very first show, we'd get together some of the, the big brains in the Office 365 dev world, get them into one room and do kind of a panel discussion about things. So 
why don't we, let's just go around the table clockwise, starting with you, Tristan, introduce yourself, and um, we'll end it, Nina. So, Tristan? Sure. I'm Tristan Davis, uh, PM on the Office Platform team. We do a lot of the Microsoft graph work with uh, Yina and other awesome folks on the team. Think about Office add-ins and having a consistent framework there and really try to tie together all the pieces of Office into one coherent story for developers. Awesome. And Wei? I'm Wei Love, and I'm a program manager on the Outlook extensibility team. So that's centered around completing a complete story of actionable messages and add-ins and figuring out the right solution inside of Outlook. Very cool. Hi, I'm Bill Bliss, and um, I'm losing my voice. My apologies in advance. And uh, I am on the Microsoft Teams team. I'm a platform architect, and I work really closely with the engineers who are building the platform and work together with partners to build improvements and uh, feedback in from, the, from the outside world back into the um, engineering team. Awesome. Great. Yeah, and I'm um, Yina Arenas. I'm a program manager on the Office platform team, and I lead Microsoft Graph efforts for Office 365 as well as uh, our Excel APIs for both REST and JavaScript. So very excited to be here at Build and show all of the awesome, cool stuff that our teams have been working on for the last few months. Yep. Yeah, we had Yina on the show last week uh, giving kind of the behind the scenes leading up to Build and, and this morning was the big keynote that Yina was a part of, did a, an awesome job, had Thank kind you. of the you were like the exclamation point to the end of that keynote today, the last two demos of it, so that was fantastic. I'm, I'm curious for you guys, like, what, like, first build, fifth build, been to everyone? Like, what's what's your background with build? I think I started at PDC 05, if you remember PDC. Yeah. Yeah, down in L.A. I've been to most of them since then. Just the last three years with the platform team, but the Word team liked to dabble in extensibility, too, so it came in through that, that route, spent a bunch of time. It's fun stuff. This is only my second build, so the first one was last year. What do you think about like having it here locally in Seattle versus having to go to San Francisco last year? Uh, I think I kind of like staying. It kind of gives a we get a bunch of different engineers who get to participate, which adds a cooler aspect, right? Everyone gets to meet and talk with the engineers, our different partners. Very nice. This is actually my first build. Um, it's my. Uh, uh, second tour at Microsoft, I started way back in ancient history when there was no build, there was no PTC, there was no <laughs> much of anything. Um, this is actually... Uh, Had conferences been invented yet? <laughs> um, people got together and exchanged paper, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe smoke signals that burned the paper. No, um, it wasn't quite that far back. But no, it's, uh, this, is, this is a blast, and I, I think it's actually great to have it in Seattle. Um, I, I think... The company likes to, you know, it's probably saving a ton of money on travel expenses. Um, but like you said, a lot more engineers can be here, which is great. A lot of our development team, probably, um, we're probably about 20 engineers here um, over the next few days. Wow. Yeah. Well, for me, is I think the third build, um, 2015, 2016, and this year. Always uh, talking about office extensibility and the cool stuff that we've been doing with APIs since then. And uh, I... I have mixed feelings on it being on Seattle. I think I mentioned this in the last week's podcast, which is like, it's great that I don't get to travel, but it's also like the things that we do here don't stop. So it's, it's there's a mixture of like, you know, you not having to be completely on the conference and having to do all of these other things that still have to land. And, Did you cart yeah. kids to school this morning? And Exactly. I still have to take my kids to school in the morning and all of these different things, right? Oh, so, just a big keynote later, no big yeah. deal. <laughs> 
the impression I get from my partners in the field is that they love coming to Seattle. Seattle is like the home place of Microsoft, and if they just go to Vegas or to San Francisco or something, it's not the same feel. If they're coming to, to Seattle, even though sort of Seattle and Redmond are separated by water, they still feel like they're coming to the same place, and, and they're excited to be here. Yeah, I think there is a point to uh, Seattle consolidating as a place for cloud, right? And uh, all of them, not just Microsoft, but all of the different companies that are here and establishing Seattle as the mecca for the, for the cloud business, uh, it's good to have this set of conferences that you know, just reinforce that. Well, and people associate Seattle with clouds. So, <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, as I mean, well. And, and for the first time, there actually aren't too many of them in the sky, so this is a wonderful day yeah. to be here. Cool. Well, um, I wanted to get your feedback on the keynote. Uh, you know, every time one of these builds comes around, uh, I heard several sound bites that are familiar. Uh, you know, things like Scott Guthrie saying it's the best time to be a developer, and you know, Satya, you know, doubling down on how like how much things have advanced in one year in our cloud services. I'm curious like what your feedback, what your thoughts, like general sentiment was coming out of the keynote and how do you think that aligns with the things that we're doing around Office 365 development? Um, I don't know, I guess we'll just keep kind of going this way for sure. now. So Tristan, you have What thoughts? I thought was awesome was that if you played, Rob Howard and I were talking before this and said if you played the Microsoft Graph drinking game, how many times did Graph get referenced in the keynotes? Yes. You'd be in real trouble. <laughs> like this was an amazing year to hear Satya and Scott and Harry all talk about Graph. Like significantly, really too. tie together yes. the story, yeah. right? The, the whole company feels like it's aligned around one story: what it means for cloud, combining Azure and Windows and Office 365 and Dynamics 365 in a single place, getting the marketplaces aligned around things like App Source. Like it really feels like it's like all the work we've been doing for the last couple of years has all come into this happy place where. The story feels really complete. Like developers have a ton that they can just like sink their teeth into to do really awesome stuff. I think it was really fun. Like it was awesome to sit there and hear like graph, 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 and really land how important this work has become to the company. I, I I guess I would kind of echo what Tristan said. I think for me, not being a part of the graph team, I've always kind of thought of it as this kind of nebulous thing. It's just kind of out there. But even preparing for build and going through and trying to tie the story together of how to make the best possible integrations in Outlook and seeing kind of how graph can tie that piece in and all the useful data you can bring in using graph and having hearing that referenced in the, the keynote was good. Yeah, there was a, a great shout out to just the growth of add-ins in, in Outlook during yeah. the thing. I think it was uh, yeah. Scott Guthrie mentioned. I don't, I don't remember what the stat was, but you know, pretty pretty significant. Yeah, 300% growth in Outlook add-ins over the last year, which was pretty cool yeah. to see. Very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, this was, um, it's, you know, I think we've been saying one Microsoft for year, years now, but every year it seems it becomes, you know, more and more true. And the graph is, is, is one shining example. Um, I know that on Teams, we're super excited to get some of our, some of our functionality onto the graph for the first time um, that we're talking about it at Build. But more than that, I mean, you know, the, one of the things that really struck me was the, the fact that cloud and big data and, and, um, and AI are, are coming together, and that really is going to be, I think, a catalyst. Those, you really have to have those things come together because it's one thing to be able to do it on a local, like super high-powered computer. It's another thing to not have enough training data and so forth. But the ability to have that stuff all come together, I mean, boy, the demo that, that you did with being able to s switch from language to language real time, we just showed that, what, I think about a year ago, or maybe a year and a half ago with, with I think, um, with, with Skype. 
But now to actually show it in a real world example, I mean, how many times have you done a PowerPoint presentation and, uh, and you've got people in the audience, um, you know, who may not be native speakers of the, of the presenter? Um, or the people up front, like doing signing in um, sign language. Well, how all that stuff becomes, you know, available to everybody. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. It's amazing time. For anyone who didn't see that demo that, that Ina did, it's definitely worth going back and looking at the, the, the recording. Well, the, the PowerPoint translator piece was just phenomenal. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Well, yes, we were talking about the keynote impressions, and definitely this is one that uh, struck deep into my heart. Obviously, the mentioning of the Microsoft Graph. I mean, we've been working on Microsoft Graph for almost, uh, what, two and a half, three years now, and uh, it started like a very skunk works project with me and five other engineers, and just getting to a point where the whole company is building momentum around it, it's, it's just huge. Convincing for me executives why it was worth right? doing, yeah, you had to do yes, all that. It is, yes. it is just amazing uh, to see that happening. But back to the, to the PowerPoint demo, um, right after we did the session, we were watching over Twitter, and then there is this person that says, you know, the, the PowerPoint demo allowed, you know, I'm going deaf, and the PowerPoint demo is gonna allow, you know, bring me all of these new opportunities, because I will be able to listen, to, I mean, no, to, to see what the presenter is saying. And man, that, that really struck a note to me, and just like, it's not just the technology for the technology, but, you know, what we can do with it, right? If you look at the, and the end of Satya's keynote as well with the Parkinson solution. I mean, these are powerful solutions where you apply technology to really go and solve human problems. And that is just mind-blowing. That just uh, fuels me to keep working on tech and you know to do, do all of these um, do all of this work. Yeah, so I'll quote that, that tweet here. It's by Mike Lloyd, and he said, as someone that's going deaf, live subtitles and PowerPoint will positively impact my life in ways I can't put into words. I know. I, I mean, mean look at that. It's just... Uh, I, I, and I didn't even think about it that way. You know, although we, we had kind of like a little line about it, I've always thought about this as something when I go and travel the world, if I'm in like China, you know, I, I might have a translator there that's helping me, but I don't know how well they're keeping up with me, so I always will try to go really slow. And like this just kind of does it. It just yes. handles it for us, but like, there's this whole other side of accessibility that I think was was really cool. With that was it. one of the first. <clears throat> that was one of the first things I thought of actually. Um, besides the people in the audience who don't speak um, the language of the presenter, because in in a large company where there's like, you know, they can afford to have somebody to do sign language in front. It's 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 great, and it's a great way to to be inclusive and to have everybody feel like they're not out on the on um, out on the edge, not knowing what's going on. But how many conferences have you been in, or just presentations, average things where, I mean, you can't have it's not really realistic to bring in a sign language translator to everybody, and now to bring that down so it's just like, I mean, it brings it to the um, the level of like now everything you have a, you have a PowerPoint or you have a projector in the room. Well, now it's like that, but it's the ability to communicate to everybody. It's huge. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's, that's really important. The other thing I wanted to pick up on from your presentation here in, in the keynote was the concept of AI everywhere in all the Microsoft products. Yes. And you just listed off, I think, all of the Office products and talked about the, the cool AI stuff that goes on in there. PowerPoint with the design. Uh, the Designer, design, and Kickstarter, yeah. yes. And, and, and uh, Excel, and you talked about the, the cool stuff that was going with ScriptLab. Yep. It, it just seems to me that, that we've embraced this concept of grabbing the data that we have and building amazing things on top of it. 
Absolutely. I think it's it's a combination, back to what Bill was saying, is the combination of Microsoft having the cloud platform capabilities, the data from the users and all of our customers, both for the commercial and the consumer cloud, and all of these AI capabilities that we can apply on top of that data. And in super simple way, I was just really impressed as we were working through the demos, I was thinking, you know, I will just to do the text analytics service, I'll have to run this complex model or something like that, but it's not. It's like super simple, or like the um, custom vision things, right? It's like, it's just like uploading file photos to a photo album, and then the model just trains for based on that. And I was just like blown away by, based on how easy and simple it is to apply AI to all of that data and you know, really make powerful applications based on that. It's, it's democratizing it in a way we've never seen before. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal, it's, it's amazing to see. I, one of the, I think, probably the areas that people spend some of the most time in is Outlook, and, and, I, and, and there, you know, there's great examples of Outlook doing things to make it more intelligent from you know, clutter, focused inbox, um, but even on... Now there's, do you know that there's a new added uh, that the garage release that is dictation? You can just go and talk to your inbox and just say, like, you know, di dictate the email that you want to compose. Uh, and it's right available in Outlook. So I, I mean, this is just another example of how AI is, is just, you know, disrupting how we interact with the products. So way is that, like, a front of uh, the minds of Outlook as you guys are looking to provide more extensibility into Outlook and the different, like, APIs and things like that? Like the AI side of things? Yeah, so it's definitely something we've been actively looking into and we're getting really excited about trying to figure out what those solutions might look like long term. Um, we've been working really hard to figure out how that will tie in with what the platform is that we have today to make that story complete and just trying to bring that intelligence into each those add-ins or those actionable messages to provide a richer experience. Yeah, I know um, I, we had Andrew Salamatov, what, like three weeks ago maybe on the show and it's funny, we, we ended the interview and then all of a sudden he starts going into like, hey, here's the stuff, like, it's too bad, this isn't around the Ignite time frame. Here's some of the things we're thinking about around like the Outlook extensibility stuff. And I was like, whoa, like this is, this is amazing stuff that's coming down the pipe. So um, I know there's a lot of goodness that we'll see continuing yeah. coming forward. Well, and what's even better is that, <clears throat> again, back to one Microsoft theme, is that we've been working really closely with the Outlook team and, and the, uh, out, the uh, Outlook extensibility team, the connector card, feature, which is was previewed last fall, right, mm -hmm. um, is actually also being released for um, for teams. Um, we're demoing it um, at Build this week, and it'll be out um, shortly. And so the 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 fact that all you have to do is one you do one thing once, you do something once, and it works in Outlook and in yeah. Teams, and then bringing together all the connector cards um, together with Bot Framework, and so it's it's really all these things. Um, you know, it's, it's great to see them all come together. Yeah, it's like making a solution for a conversation rather than yeah. just the individual clients. So that's a great way to transition through to sort of, can we have a quick summary about what, what's gone on in the last 12 months? And maybe then we'll move on and go around the room again after that and talk about what you guys are thinking about next. But let's start with you, Tristan. What's, if you were going to put an elevator pitch together about the, the cool things that are happening in, in add-ins in particular um, sure. in the last 12 months, where would you start? Sure, yeah. Well, I think on the add-in side specifically, and you should talk a lot about the graph because it's really really blossoming, I think, this year. On the add-in side, we've spent a lot of time really rounding out the APIs. Right? It's, it's our goal that you have access to all of the capabilities of the app, whether that's Word or Excel 
um, or Whale Talk About Outlook, where we're doing the same thing there. Uh, but then we have an aspiration, you'll see it in a lot of the work that's happening and the work that'll happen uh, over the next few months, too. Those add-ins should be indistinguishable from native features. Like, it's it's our goal that you have this, uh, I can't believe it's not butter moment, where it's like, hey, this feature built into Excel, that's actually an add-in, right? And you couldn't tell, but it's built on the same platform developers have, right? And you're seeing that already, uh, like the PowerPoint translator thing, that's an add-in, and yet it integrates with the ribbon, it feels like part of PowerPoint, right? It shows those real-time um, translations inside of PowerPoint the same way that the PowerPoint team might have built it. So you're going to see us continue to double down there. And a lot of what we're announcing at Build is that. And probably the thing that's most near and dear to my heart is the bridge that brings add-ins and graph together, which is finally having single sign-on for add-ins. Being able to say, hey, every add-in can call one line of JavaScript, get a token for the user, swap that token for a graph token, and go off and call all of the data up in the graph. Like, probably if I had a quarter for every time someone asked me for SSO, uh, I would be in great shape financially. Uh, and it's really exciting to be able to bring that and tie the whole story together and be able to say, hey, it's not about building an add-in or accessing the graph. It's about all of those things all at once, right? The best experiences combine all the pieces of our platform into one consistent solution. Cool. Play. So from the Outlook perspective, we've also been talking with Tristan and his team to kind of figure out how to make that seamless experience as well. Um, but more recently, what we've been really working on are actionable messages and making sure that those are available in all of our different Outlook clients. So most recently, we've added support for Outlook Desktop with actionable messages. So now when you send that actionable message, you can view it in Outlook Desktop. We also, from the add-ins perspective, added two new pieces of functionality. The first being the ability to pin a test pane open. So for those users who are using those add-ins regularly and just want to have them open, developers can register for an item changed event and update that add-in so as users are moving through their inbox, they can see the relevant data to each mail. Oh, wow. And then the other thing which we've been asked for is the block on send functionality. Um, now this one is a little bit different in that you can't submit this to the store, but what you can do is you can create a policy that if you need to re require to add specific classifications to your email, you can create an add-in that makes sure that your employees will actually add those classifications to the message before sending it. That's great. So like from a from a, a partner standpoint, since that's not available for the store, there's still other opportunities to distribute that to yes. various customers. So you could have like the ad administrator for the organization install it that awesome. way. Yeah, yeah. All, all three of those are certainly things, I think, you know, working with partners every day, we've heard all of those pretty frequently and the single sign-on, of course. But uh, it's awesome, awesome to see. I mean, this is, you know, it kind of goes along the line of, you know, what we've been doing with user voice. I mean, you guys... I, no offense, but there were years ago, maybe like five, six years ago in office, sometimes you felt like, well, where did that feature come from? Was that just like, hey, this seems like something cool to work on? And, and like, it's very, it maps very well back to, like, what people are asking for in the product now, these different things that we're seeing come from the pipe. Bill. Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so, a um, couple things um, to talk about with teams. This is actually a big moment for us. Um, because we've been very hard at work ever since our GA on March, our general availability release on March uh, 14th. The big, the big message um, that Satya referred today in the uh, in his keynote is that we're um, announcing the concept of apps. So we've had bots before, we've had tabs, we've had connectors, and now we're bringing them all together into one cohesive thing that we're calling an app. And we take, we're taking the same manifest model that we had before, and you can register any of those capabilities as um, 
any one of those things or any combination of them into a single unit. But more than that, we're also announcing our integration um, with the uh, Office add-in uh, App Score. So the Office Score will contain um, Teams uh, apps um, that will uh, that will support all the functionality that I just mentioned. So that's a huge effort. Um, um, I think uh, we've been talking to the folks in Dublin who are the, um, some of the folks who run the store as well as the people in Redmond to try to light this up um, for a long time now and, and it's, it's been great to see it coming. There's a lot of work behind the scenes to actually make that work. Um, the other thing that we're doing, a uh, um, couple new features that we're adding on, um, one of them I think is, I, I'm very excited about, um, it's something we call Compose Extensions. So um, what we saw is a lot of times, um, um, and we did this ourselves, a lot of times in a conversation in Teams, you would go off and look up a bug or a feature, um, a description of a feature, and then you would alt-tab you would alt -tab over to the browser, you'd look it up, get the URL, come back, paste it in, and then have a conversation about it. And we said, huh, what if we could make that more smooth? So now we have the, uh, we're introducing the ability to, what you can do is, right in the Compose experience, you, you, uh, you could say, Visual Studio Team Services or Wikipedia or whatever, and you can do a search for something. And you find it, you say go, and you can have a conversation about it. Just like the way we do uh, Giphy, it's exactly the same thing. In fact, under the covers, it's implemented the same way. And so we think that'll be a big uh, game changer because now anything you want to look up, a customer invoice, a customer invoice, a customer record, a Salesforce opportunity, a dynamic CRM opportunity, anything, any kind of entity, structured data, it comes in. But what's even cooler is that what gets inserted in the conversation stream is a card. It's the same card format that we use in Outlook and in, in Bot Framework. And so uh, we're, um, we're doing a couple other things, but those are the ones that I'm the most excited about um, that we're announcing this week here at Build. And then those, those um, Compose extensions, they could very easily have deep links to do things like, like go to a tab that Absolutely. you might have as well as that as well. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Um, you know, not only from, like, obviously, we're very interested in the extensibility side of things, but it was very interesting this week as we were preparing for a keynote. Uh, the team, team's had a pretty big presence in two parts of the keynote, both Satya's uh, section and then Harry Shum's later in the day. One of the things we noticed... I, I don't know, maybe like three days ago as we're going through and doing rehearsals, is all of a sudden like notifications just started blowing up on us. So like like we could see like this like fighting updates coming to teams just like, and I know notifications have been one of those things that people have been asking for as well, is like we want richer notifications. Well, hey, we got them. Yeah. <laughs> it was well, a surprise. Yes, yeah, so the, the feature that I didn't mention, which is also um, I'm gonna be talked about this week, is the ability for, um, <clears throat> for to plug into our activity feed. So in Teams, you have the the bell that shows, um, you know, things that are you know, it's your, your direct feed, your personal feed, and we're allowing other things, um, other uh, uh, third parties to plug into that feed. Um, and um, it's been, let's just say we uh, it got a little bit chatty there for a while. Um, fortunately, our production um, real world users um, out in the, they didn't see that. You're working on the early, early bits, and, and yeah, we got a little bit chatty there for a while, so <laughs> sorry about that. Oh, it was easy to fix, so. And, and I guess to that, uh, Yina, what's, what's new with the graph? Oh my gosh, there's so many things that are landing for build at the graph that is just mind-blowing. We have a whole bunch of new APIs. Uh, most exciting, the things that are going to GA, which is uh, you know for the beloved SharePoint community, the SharePoint Sites API is reaching GA, so that's that's pretty cool that they can now use uh, 
the Microsoft Graph to reach out to all of the SharePoint sites and then do uh, the drives and interact with all of that information from SharePoint. That's awesome. We have Planner also reaching general availability, so you can interact with all of the plans and tags and buckets from the from the product and create and assign and all of these different things that you can do with uh, Planner tasks. And we have also the OneNote API. That both Planner and OneNote have been in, GA, in, in beta for uh, for quite a while, and they're now at build, reaching general availability, and, and it's really, really nice to see all of them coming in and joining the B1, one endpoint in the graph. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of different things that are going into preview. Um, you know, Teams, as you just yes. mentioned, Bill, yes. is a awesome. very beloved welcome member to the Microsoft Graph family, and uh, we also have, um, you know, Windows is joining the graph, so you will see more of that tomorrow in the keynote that Terry is gonna is gonna do. I think it's also one of the big announcements of the of the conference that you can get now activities and devices as part of Microsoft Graph for both MSA and AAD users. So that's pretty awesome as well. Is that now? Is that Project Rome? That's it, Project Rome. So yes. you saw that reference a couple times on slides and. I didn't even know what it was at first. I had to ask you. Yeah. So. so when Satya talked about people, activities, and devices, right? Like the, all of those things are coming into the Microsoft Graph. People, it wasn't already there with you know the users, your organization, the people that you work with, and all of these different things. Activities refers to like you know some of the insights that we have as part of Microsoft Graph already, and also the content that is there, like you know the, your files, your messages, your email, your conversations in Teams, and all of that. And now devices with Roam and basically the ability to go and um, know where the user is interacting and being able to transpose that between multiple devices and multiple activities. So it's it's just, uh, you know, the, the graph is really exploding and like what, you know, Tristan was saying, blossoming into this, uh, the API across Microsoft to reach out to data, not only for users, but for organizations and for all of these different things. It's, it's I'm, awesome. I'm guessing that uh, Name Rome came from the All Roads Lead to Rome. I think so. Yes, yeah. that's a, that's a pretty clever name from the Windows team. Yeah. I think one of the, sorry, I was going to say one of the really exciting things for me about the graph is that the teams guys that's the only end, only end. Is that right? Like that's right. Most of the other. Yeah. Most that's of the super other, planner uh, as well. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And this is the new the new way of doing yes. things. Uh, yes. That, to me, that just demonstrates the the, the commitment that Microsoft has made to, to having this as the one endpoint to rule them all. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's. For a lot of the other, you know, the products that have been out longer, they had another API, and, and the graph was a way to to wrap that and deliver it in a way that had a single identity, um, single API namespace, single identity, single authentication, which on its own was huge. But for the newer workload, the newer products like Teams and Planner, well, there's nothing to offer. I mean, we do have some stuff under the covers, but it was not something that we'd ever want to expose externally. And so yeah, Graph is the perfect perfect way to do it. I actually, last June, I um, I was actually on jury duty and um, they're waiting for jury duty. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna map out what would teams look like in the graph? Because I played around a lot with the graph and I actually took the spreadsheet, I downloaded the entire namespace of the V1 graph and I said, okay, well, where would we fit in that? Where would we fit in that? And that's, you know, um, you know, what close, did you do today? <laughs> yeah, close to a year later, because um, we didn't have anybody working on it for a while. Then we got an engineering team on it, and yeah, it's it's been wonderful, and, and that the graph team has been wonderful to work with as partners. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> and let me just mention three more things that are super huge that are coming into the graph as capabilities. 
One of them is uh, the ability to have uh, Delta query and track changes on the data. So now you don't, no longer need to go and do full things on data. You can just uh, go to a single endpoint, call the Delta, uh, call the Delta function, and then basically get back a token that will allow you to come back and just query for the changes. If you pair that with notifications, then it's super powerful because we will be notified. You can receive a webhook when something changes, and then you can come back and call with a Delta token. And it's you know it performs way better than having to go and do polling against the endpoint. It gives you real delta force. Yes, exactly. And the second one is batching. So I think this is this is one that is coming into preview, which is the ability to put in multiple requests into a single call that you can even chain in to go and have the server perform on the other side. So you it know what this is, reminds me of it reminds me of Csong in SharePoint. Right? A little bit like that. You yes. know, you could do a, a bunch of like things and then say execute query. Exactly. And it's a little bit right. like JavaScript that. JavaScript does now in the, in the Office JS stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I think that's super powerful when you already know, like, what are the set of queries that you want to do. And, like, for example, if you want to go and create a group and then or create a file and then add some content to that file and things like that, immediately you can just do all that in a single button request. It's like Lambda functions. Yes, yes. <coughs> and then the third one, uh, which is also huge and amazing, is extensibility, which is, like, you can get your own data into the graph. And we have two ways for doing that, a very simple way, which is open extensions, which is just a key value pair. So for example, annotating an email saying, hey, this is a customer referral, or saying a user that my favorite color is blue. And, and then we have a second way, which is schema extensions, which is you can actually, as a developer, define a full schema that you want to go and apply to one of the entities in the graph. So it's really, really powerful to get your own data into the graph, close to where that entity is, and being able to just be accessible as any other, any other part of you know information that comes from the graph itself. So pretty cool functionality coming in into the graph. New data sets, new capabilities. It's just amazing. Awesome. Well, I know you all have sessions this week. Uh, in fact, Tristan, you already you basically ran here to, yeah. to, to get here. Um, besides your session, what uh, as kind of a closing, what is something you're looking forward to this week? Like, is there, and it could be completely non-office related. It might be, say, I want to go see Mark Rosinovich, you know, do his, you know, normal talk that gets, like, packed rooms. I, I don't know, like, just. I'd say for me, I'm going to say something pretty, probably non-standard, which is one of the other things that happens around Build is we get an opportunity, all our partners are here in Seattle. We get to spend a lot of time having one-on-one -on -one sessions, really understanding how their integrations are working, what business value they're getting, what they want us to go and do next. I love spending that time. Like, there's just nothing more valuable than having those like frank conversations with partners, understanding where things are snapping together, where there's a little bit missing that needs to be fit in, and really deeply understanding what it means to build a platform that isn't just a set of APIs, but adds a bunch of business value to the Microsoft ecosystem at large. I think for me, I actually really enjoy working at the booth and seeing all the different people come up and showing them kind of what's new, but also hearing their initial responses to how they might have expected something to work or maybe why they can't or don't build on our platform and using taking that information back and thinking about how we might be able to grow our platform to help grab those other scenarios. Good duty. That it's, it's funny. Um, I love it as well, but it's also kind of interesting. You get these people that will come up that have the most like like niche crazy like I'm running Outlook twenty 
2005 or 2003 on my machine and like it hangs when I do this three key combination. What is it? You know? <laughs> yes. It's pretty wild once you get in the in the booth, but it, it's fun to, to certainly connect with you know our developers face to face. So um, my uh, I think I'm most excited about is along, along the lines of what Tristan said. <clears throat> Not only do we get to talk to some uh, partners, this is the first build that our teams um, has been out, and we can actually talk about it and. Um, but also, this audience skews a little bit more enterprise um, uh, than um, than a lot of the you know, Silicon Valley um, you know, um, SaaS services that we've been talking to. So, a lot of what we're talking about is actually very new to a lot of people, and you know, they may not they may not have a lot of familiarity with well, what is a bot and what would I use it for, or in the case of Teams, what is a tab and what would I use it for. And so the ability to, you know, actually, you know, kind of tell that story um, a couple uh, couple times and really kind of, you know, see it land is something I'm really excited about. Awesome. Nina? Um, I like all of the responses. I'm excited to talk about, to talk with customers. We have a whole bunch of lineup of partners that we're going to be talking with this week. I'm excited about the podcast that we'll be doing. I'm excited to spend time at the booth and, you know, just... Uh, connect with, more with people and learn about the cool stuff that they're building on top of the, you know our platform. If, if they're building on top of Office, learn about those scenarios and what they, uh, you know, what what are the things that they're facing and how we can improve the experience. If they're not learning on top of Office, you know, what are those scenarios that we can make them learn? Uh, go and build on top of Office. Um, so yes, I'm excited about that, but I'm also really excited for Saturday. <laughs> it's been it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster and um, yes I'm, I'm I'm ready for it to like you know take a breathe celebrate my anniversary it's actually my 15th anniversary with my husband this weekend so uh, thank you celebrate that and, and yeah so I'll leave it to you with that I have to say that, that for me it's so exciting to see how integrated the office extensibility team I guess by extension the rest of the, the, the business as well. It, it's, it's something that we've been working towards more and more and more, and it's certainly, it looks like it's actually happening. So I'm well done to all of you, and to all your teams, but I think it's, it, to me, it, it, it's, it's the realization of that vision, which is great. Awesome, well, we'll we're gonna have breakout podcast recordings with a few of you guys in different areas, and um, I think actually Coach is gonna lead a few of those uh, for me. I'm, I'm I've spent way too much time in Redmond. I'm going to head home and, and see my wife so I can stay married. But uh, anyway, uh, super excited to uh, talk to you guys today, and, and uh, congrats on all the hard work getting to all the you know great announcements that we're making this week. So uh, you guys have a great build. Thank you. Well, that's all for this week. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all our podcasts, the developer program, and other amazing content. Also, make sure you follow us at OfficeDev on both Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, get your code on.